0: Look at the picture of the Last Supper. Have you ever thought about who these people were? You've probably heard of some of the more out front disciples. Saint Peter, James and John, doubting Thomas, or Judas Iscariot, also known as the betrayer. But there were others at the table In this series, we're gonna be looking at some of the others that Jesus invited to the table. And here's a hint. They're just like you and me. Thanks for joining us today. Let's learn more about who's at the table. Sometimes we reach a point in life when the filter just stops kicking in. Do you know someone like that? Do you have someone like that in your family? If you're not sure who that is, maybe it's you. One of the disciples, named Nathaniel, didn't really have a filter when he met Jesus. You would hope that when we meet Jesus, our filter kicks in a little bit. But in the story in the Gospel of John, at Nathaniel's calling, no filter Nathaniel speaks up. So, who is Nathanael? Now, the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Synoptic Gospels, because they see similarly, that's what that word means, they list Nathanael's name as Bartholomew. I'm going to call him Nathanael because that's his name in the Gospel of John today. Uh, but Bartholomew isn't necessarily a name like Bart, it's actually Bar, meaning son of, and Tholomew, or probably most likely Tolmai would be the name. So it's more of sort of his title. He's the son of Tolmai, which I'm sure that meant something to the people reading it in that context. We just kind of name him Bartholomew and think that's his name. So let's roll with Nathaniel for this time. Okay. Do you remember the scripture of when Jesus came, he found Philip and Philip goes to Nathaniel. We just read it. Remember that? And here's what he does. In verse 46, he says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there. One of the things I really like about Nathaniel's interaction with Jesus, this no filter conversation, is that Nathaniel doesn't immediately follow Jesus like the other accounts of some of the disciples. I mean, when we read the story, Jesus by the lake shore and he says, hey, come follow me. And the fishers leave their boats and they go and they follow Jesus. Matthew, the tax collector at the tax booth. Hey, Matthew, come follow me. And he gets up and he goes. And here's this story. Here's his interaction, right? Philip says, hey, here's this Jesus guy. And he's just like, what? you kidding me? Nazareth, get out of here. And then when Jesus approaches him, he's like, do I know you? Do you know me? I love this dialogue with him. In fact, let me remind you of it. Let me read it for you now. Okay, so he he has this no filter moment. Nazareth, can anything good from there? Philip says, come on, let's check it out. Come and see. Now, when Jesus saw Nathanael, When he saw him approaching, he said to him, here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. If that was me, I'd be like, that's pretty awesome. Like, look at this. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm the man. And you know what Nathaniel says? Remember, no filter. He says, how do you know me? This is what I love about Nathaniel. He doesn't immediately follow like some of the other accounts of the disciples in their stories. Jesus comes up to him, says, Hey, follow me. They get up and go. I love how Nathaniel, in his interaction his no filter. Interaction with Jesus is basically really engaging with him in dialogue with Philip, with Jesus. Now, remember dialogue does not equal unbelief. We could probably try and critique Nathaniel in these no filter moments. I just love the authenticity and the honesty of him basically acknowledging. Yeah. He's, he's pretty right about his comment about Nazareth. If we think about it, you know, Nazareth was never mentioned in the old Testament. It has no historic significance in the story of God. It produced nobody really great. Uh, it was kind of like Millville before Mike trout. Am I allowed to say that? Are we allowed to say that? Okay. Back to Nathaniel. I like how Nathaniel is just pure and unfiltered in his conversations with Jesus and with Philip. And this is what we need to learn as we dialogue with one another, even as we dialogue with God himself, we figure out a way of being our unfiltered selves, being honest, transparent, open to say, I'm not so sure about this. I'm not so sure about you. And so much of what we've done in the church is we've taken moments like that, not just in the scripture, but even in the honest relationships of our community and we've made right doubts to be unbelief um, or dialogue to be unbelief no if we're talking about it it doesn't necessarily mean that that i don't ascribe to it it's i want to learn more about it we shouldn't be afraid of dialogue we shouldn't be afraid of honestly asking questions And or saying what we need to say in order to understand something more. Good for Nathaniel. Good for him throwing Nazareth under the bus. I mean, can we really be honest with ourselves? And honest with where we're coming from? That's what it's like to follow Jesus. You don't begin your journey with Jesus from a place of inauthenticity. You begin from a place of, I need to be saved. I need grace in my life. How can you understand that you need grace in your life unless you're willing to be unfiltered to say, I need grace. But when we're not real or authentic or, you know, we're filtered, we may not see our need for grace. Now, Philip's invitation to Nathaniel is this. And this is one of the best invitations for all of us today. It's to come and see. I just love that. It's an invitation for all, particularly the intellectual, the Nathaniels who are maybe seekers yet skeptics that are wondering really what is this stuff all about? We have an opportunity as followers of Jesus today to continually discover what God is all about. That's the beautiful thing about being a disciple, being a follower of Jesus, is this come and see reality. And I think what we've lost in our walk with Jesus is this pure attitude of discovery, which is we should continue to be a come and see people, that God is doing things. Jesus is teaching us things always to where it wasn't just I met Jesus and I'm done, but God is always revealing, always showing us more about who he is and who we are in his love. We have to be a come and see people, because what it's going to do is give an invitation for discovery. Come, discover for yourself, do the research, look at the results, test the hypothesis, discover the evidence for yourself. And remember, Philip is the one who has said, come on, Nathaniel, let's check out this right last week. Very detailed, very precise to say it's okay in this open invitation to say, let's check him out. Back to the scripture beyond the, you know, do I know you? Uh, No, Nathaniel says in verse 48, how do you know me? Nathaniel asked and Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Now, whenever we read scripture like this, one of the things I just wanna do is, is just pause for a moment because I want you to think about the powerful declaration that Nathaniel just gave to Jesus the descriptive words that he he named him as i mean think again son of god king of israel so what in the world's going on here how does he get to this place you know think about what jesus just says to him you know do i know you yeah i saw you under the fig tree what about that response think about this in scripture what about that response is like you know what you're the king I told you, you're the you no, even more than that you are the son of God. Why? Because you saw me under a tree. What in the world is going on there? You ready? Let's have some fun. So, this fig tree stuff. One of the things that uh, rabbis would do in Jesus's day is they would gather with their disciples underneath fig trees. This is where students went. Why? Because it was shady and it gets hot there. I don't know. But this is just a nice way of it was a known thing in that culture. You think about certain spaces in the town. Uh, There's this section of town. There's this park or there's this shopping center. You know, we know where to go and get groceries at this grocery store here. We know how to get there. There's just certain things in certain areas of our town, community, state, whatever, you know, that has certain connotations to them. We think of like Paris as being, you know, the city of love. Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love, right? You know, we, we think about different regions or areas have these things connected with them in culture. And so if you wanted to discover something, if you were a student, if, uh, if you were a seeker, because we're, we're talking Nathaniel is a seeker. Philip wasn't necessarily seeking, but he was found. Nathaniel is a seeker. Why? How do we know that? Because right here in this story, Jesus says, I saw you while you were still under that tree. Even before Philip called you, I saw you. In the Old Testament, there's a story about how a woman names God as being God is the one who sees And look, one of the things we have to acknowledge is that there's people in our world that are seeking. You might be seeking right now. You might be trying to pray and you're not even able to figure out how to pray or what words to shape. You are searching. You are seeking. You are under that fig tree too. That's what that means. It means you've come to a place where you want to discover where you are trying to learn, you're trying to figure it out. What does that mean then for Jesus to say, even before you knew that it was me that you were looking for, I saw you in your searching. I saw you in your looking. I saw you in your studying. I saw you in your discovery and trying to figure all of these things out. While you were under that fig tree, I saw you. Even before Philip came and told you about me. I saw you. What we need to understand, friends, today is that as you search and as you seek, he sees. He sees you. It's only when you get to that place that you might be able to truly declare Jesus' sonship or his reign as king. It's because if we can understand that there is a God who sees us even before someone came and told us, or even before we get there, when he says, I, I saw you while you were searching for me. I wonder what that can do. In In our tradition as Methodists, we have this thing called prevenient grace. And so basically what that means is, it means that it's a grace that comes before. It's a Preparation of grace that enables us that God is doing something in our hearts and lives, that God is doing something in the heart and in the life of that loved one right now that is searching, that you know is searching, that you know is seeking. And that's the grace that goes before to prepare us, to prepare them of what will come a time when we see our need for Jesus and we see our desire to be a part of His kingdom what we would then call justifying grace. But this prevenient grace, this grace that goes before, that's fig tree grace. That's seeing someone under the fig tree grace while they are searching and seeking. And even when they're unaware of who this Jesus person is. I love that Nathaniel's story is right there with Phillips. It's right there in both of their call stories for us to be able to see the uniqueness of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, of someone that is precise and detailed, and Nathaniel, who is unfiltered. So you, as an unfiltered, you know, braggadocious, willing to say whatever you want to say, you have a place at the table with Jesus. And in fact, what you bring to the table is going to be that story that I was seeking, and I discovered that he sees me first. He sees you today you just may have to you may have to come and see but even before you see God sees you Nathaniel's story is from what we know from church history is that him and Philip because they were kind of buds uh, they traveled to places like India and Armenia in fact it was there that the king of Albanopolis ordered a brutal flaying of Nathanael. Nathanael, like all of the apostles, the disciples gave their life. He gave his life for the one who saw him. So that's why sometimes when stained glass artists tried to depict Bartholomew or Nathanael, as we've called him today, it's this picture. It's a picture of him with a knife. You see, I don't know if we'd be able to give all unless we could truly understand the God who sees all, who sees us, who sees our everything while we are still under the tree. So for all of those today sitting under the fig tree, skeptical about this Jesus who our friends might've told us about. I would encourage you as you're watching this right now, he sees you. He sees you in your searching and you can be found. Let us pray. You see us, we follow. Lord, help us to take all of who we are today in our unique personality and bring it to your table. We find that we sit next to one another with other disciples and we're different and that's okay. But I thank you for the Nathaniels in our church, the Nathaniels in our world that are unfiltered, but yet Jesus has spoken into their life. And they're able to then take what might be a funny joke about a town from nowhere, to then proclaim a message of who you are as the son of God and as the king of Israel. What a transforming work, just in a few verses. Would you do that transforming work in us today? Take our skepticism and our doubt and help us to see because we know that we're seen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.